It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I am your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the baseball, basketball, golf guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him at Dave underscore S. You can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Well, here we go, Uncle Dave. Another Thursday, another full card of sports action. Before we go ahead and get into the sports stuff, Uncle Dave, I want to start out with how our mornings are going. Now, you had mentioned when I texted you, I said, Uncle Dave, it's time to wake up, do some games. You said you weren't happy, you were miserable. So I want our listeners to compare our mornings. Now, I didn't go to sleep until this morning, right around 4 or 5 o'clock this morning. I found the, I think I went to bed. It's now 11 a.m. on the East Coast. Now, I got woke up with my daughter who's nine years old her little friend hit me in the head with the styrofoam baseball bat and my girlfriend saying i'm going to go donate plasma with her girlfriend so now i'm here with two kids that are nine that i just fed a bunch of airheads and starburst to i have them locked away in the room i have to go do a podcast so they're in there ready to break out and storm the uh storm the house all amped up on sugar, but that was kind of my morning. That's how I woke up. I'm just curious how your morning is going, Uncle Dave, since you said it wasn't exactly the greatest morning. Well, it's you know, I, I think full disclosure here, I you know, I I don't think either one of us were excited about doing this this morning. I actually slept in for no good reason, and I was already pissy laying in bed thinking about getting up just because I got bitch slapped last night. I mean, I had the under in the uh, in the NBA game, and that wasn't even close. And I didn't win a baseball game and gave out a lot of information on games that did win and didn't play them. So, you know, it's kind of shitty. I mean, I got a full disclosure to everybody listening is, you know, this one's for you guys, because this would this could have easily been a day where we just said effort and uh, moved on and did our own thing. Uh, but, you know, sleepy on on five hours sleep and and me on plenty of sleep. But. Not in the greatest frame of mind to do it, yet here we are, Sleepy. I think we'll do pretty good today, though, Uncle Dave. I mean, our podcast has actually been quite hot. I mean, we did have a couple winners yesterday. I gave out a goofy prop play on one of the pitchers from Houston. One of the guys had mentioned, he actually inboxed me and said, nice pick. He followed us on that one. So uh, at least we gave that one out. So I was happy about that. You know, as you talked about last night in the NBA, I actually took the Clippers last night. And looking over, you know, the teams that really didn't need to play when the, the bubble stuff started with the eight games, you know, you had the Lakers, the Bucks, and the Clippers. And all those teams kind of look, you know, a little bit sluggish right now. All those teams, you know, lost the game already. So there is concern there. And I had to adjust my thinking late last night. And I'm like, you know, do I do I kind of stay away from these teams right now? That's something obviously we'll be able to talk about a little bit today because we are going to go over the Orlando Magic and the Bucks game. But yeah, I wasn't too happy going to sleep last night. And then I had some late baseball action. I think I took the Dodgers last night as well. And obviously they came up short too. So, you know, that happens. You know, it, it's one of those things where you know, you and I get used to the winning and the losing. Do we want to sit here and pound our chest when we win? Well, yeah, that's that's cool. But, you know, lamenting on the losses and letting the losses affect you the next day is certainly something that, you know, you and I have learned how to deal with and, and, and try to get right back in that frame of mind where, 
you know, we can go ahead and bounce back. Throughout the years, Uncle Dave, one of the ways that, that you and I have been able to do that is, you know, saying, well, whatever, whatever happens in the morning, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're going to just get on a podcast or even if we don't do a pod, you know, we'll just text and, and bullshit for a little while, kind of, you know, smooth over and talk over some of the stuff that we were, you know, thinking about throughout the day so we can go ahead and, and get back on the right track. And, you know, generally it turns out to be a much better day the next day. Uncle Dave, your golf stuff here start. I saw the Northern Trust had teed off and there are, oh, I see a couple of my guys teed off. Now there are more guys teeing off later on this afternoon and uh, my 175 to one uh, Grillo to go ahead and win. He hasn't teed off yet. Any of your guys uh, start up that you noticed? Because I really didn't take a, a strong look yet at the leaderboard. Yeah, DJ's tied to first, and I actually have him as a first-round leader as well. I'm a little pissy that he just met. He, he's had a little hard time lately keeping the ball in the short grass off the tee. He, he uh, kind of bowed a par five, and uh, he's on a par four, a reachable par four right now, and he drove it into the rough. So I'm not – I'm not enamored. You know, I got a few guys that I wish I, I thought about playing. You know, I guess I think about everybody that I didn't, that I wish I did. And I don't have anybody really, really sucking up the joint right now. Kind of early, but, um, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's funny that we were talking the other day about the, the ebbs and flows of this and how, uh, you know, golf is so much like any other sport. You know, it, I, I think back to last week's golf tournament when, I had uh, Sanjay M and, and, and Horschel both to win, and I was I was kind of pissy when when M fell apart. And I'm like, you know, well, going into the going into the day, I was all happy. Well, I got a two shot lead. We should we should at least you know come down the stretch with a shot to win. And and M fell apart. So then I went on, oh, damn it, you know. And then all of a sudden I go, well, hell, I got Horschel too, and he's leading, and and uh, then he falls apart. So the the ebbs and flows of this, and, and you're so right about getting right back up on the horse and, and having time to go ahead and process things and just, just get up after a uh, less than desirable day. It's a lot easier than it ever was because you just know that's going to happen. So, you know, I don't, I, I don't read too much into, into early things, you know, we'll, we'll assess the damage or count the count the pile of chips when the day's over and, and just get up and do it again. And yet here we are. So, you know, I'm not reading too much into golf and, and I've already made some bets personally this afternoon and tonight that, you know, I, you know, you, you got to just kind of keep firing because you know what you're doing rather than say, well, damn it. And kind of like stop overthinking problems because that'll run you, that'll run you right into bankruptcy. Now I do have to go ahead and ask uncle Dave, cause I think that you might've already made a mistake on this podcast. So maybe this will wake you up a little bit. Now you had mentioned that M was the guy that kind of fell apart last week, but wasn't it C Woo Kim, the guy that fell apart last week? Or yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. You know, memory isn't what it used to be. And I could say something right now, but you know, I'd probably get, <laughs> I'd probably get riled like Tom Brenneman did the Reds announcer last night. So we'll just leave that alone. I didn't happen to see that, but I'm sure that uh, once we get off the podcast, I'm going to see if I can find that feed and uh, see see what all happened with that. But there are a bunch of guys later on this afternoon. I think Tiger teed off. He's, um, I saw him somewhere. Let me look at the leaderboard here. He's even, he's on the, going towards the back nine or the front. He's on the 10th hole there. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for Phil 
because I have a feeling Phil, he, I gave him out as my first round leader. I have a feeling he's going to have a strong first round. At least I hope so. I mean, there are some guys here that, that actually had some really, really low odds. And I, I'm sure you remember looking at the odds board and Mark Leishman was, you know, he was up there. He, he was kind of, he was a little chalky and he right now is pulling up the rear of the tournament at like plus six. But, you know, we got every day for the next couple of days, Uncle Dave, for you and I to go ahead and talk about golf. But I want to start out with the NBA today. And why don't we jump into the 3.30 p.m. Eastern time start between the Thunder and the Rockets. Again, you know, it was the first day of the NBA playoffs. And I go ahead and I'm like, I'm no Westbrook. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Thunder. And I had text you and you're like, everybody and their mother's on the Thunder that you really didn't want any part of it. And I was all happy and proud of my handicap and I'm like, there's no Westbrook, there's no way. And the Thunder went out and played like absolute trash. Now, in this game, the Rockets are going to be minus two, total 226. I have a bias and I'm salty, so I'm going to let you go first here, Uncle Dave, between the Thunder and the Rockets. I kind of want to hear what you have to say, and then I'll, I guess I'll follow up and I'll try to be nice. Well, you know, you can be salty. I mean, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little lazy potato chips here myself, and and that's an interesting one. You know, I looked at that line when I got up this morning, and of course, everybody knows Westbrook's out, and I sort of thought that the Rockets would be uh, prohibitive favorites, I guess, and they've got almost two thirds, maybe a little more than two thirds of the tickets, and you know that line is two now, and it was up to two and a half. Uh, not that long ago, and it did surprise me a little bit, but they seem to be buying that, and, and the pinnacle now, it's it's down to two and only minus 104, so I think there's some, some semi-sharp money on OKC. I'm not sure I buy that. Um, what I do buy is the under, and what put me on that was you got, I think, 76% of the tickets right now are on the over, which would be total knee-jerk reaction to the Rockets and Harden, and yada, 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 and it was 231 last time. But I'm thinking this one's probably going to stay under. Um, I don't I don't think Houston can get the bench contribution that they got last time. Harden had 37. They had a couple guys in the 20s, a couple guys in the in the, in the the 11, 14, and whatnot. Um, but I, I suspect OKC is going to get a little more production out of guys other than Gelinari and Paul. So I'm thinking this is sort of a – a regression type thing here. And, and, and it's also some of it's, I think are going to come down to the, to the way the game's played. I mean, OKC just came out and, and couldn't do anything. 20 points in the first quarter held Houston to 28. Now, I can see him holding Houston again. Then they let Houston put up 40 in the second half. They kind of let Houston have their way. So I, I actually think, I mean, if, if OKC is going to have any chance, it's going to be defensively and they know that. So I'm looking at, uh, a first half under and a full game under, uh, I'll, I'll call it a pizza bet at this point. I'm probably going to end up going back to the, the zigzag theory here, and I'll probably go ahead and I'll play OKC again. And that's one of the good things is that, you know, early on in, in your sports betting career, you, you know, you start betting against the teams that beat in and you start developing biases and, and talking trash on them. But, you know, there are good spots and there are things that, you know, are kind of like outliers within a game where, you know, in these seven game series, you could go back and say, well, here's what happened. You know, here's where we dropped the ball. And I think OKC clearly, you know, they let the Rockets just shoot too many threes in that game. The Rockets shot 52 threes 
they made 20. Now, OKC shot 35 and made 13. That's a difference of seven. So seven times three, do the math, 21 points. That game was played even, you know, pretty much throughout. I think the only real statistical area that was kind of lopsided in that game, the Thunder rebounds. They were plus 17 in rebounds. So if they're going to be plus 17 in rebounds, and look, the Rockets get rebounded, you know, by a decent margin in every game. But I think the fact that OKC came out and they played sloppy in that first half, or at least in that first quarter, and that they let the Rockets kind of do what the Rockets wanted to do, you know, because that's how the Rockets win games. Well, then you're not going to win and you're going to be, you know, you're going to have to go ahead and make some type of an adjustment. I think that I think Thunder will go ahead and make an adjustment today. I could see them playing much better defense. And, you know, the fact that you like the under in that one, you know, it kind of it, it kind of makes sense. Like that's how you're going to have to slow the scoring down. If they just let them go do what they want to do and let Harden just sit out on the outside. Now, he had 37 points last game. Don't be surprised, you know, without Westbrook in this game, if he's like, okay, now I really have to make sure I step up to go ahead and win this game. Um, and I think Houston, in a sense, you know, they might feel like they like they got what they wanted and they, and they might have gotten fortunate, you know, the fact that, you know, the Thunder played that hand the way that they did. So um, I would go ahead. I would take the two points today. I think that they'll go ahead and play much better defense and they'll try to limit Houston from going ahead and shooting a bunch of threes. And if they can and play good defense, they'll eventually win that rebound battle and go ahead and come back and and play a much better game in this one. So I agree with your under Uncle Dave. I like that one, and I do like the Thunder in this one. Let's go over to the Orlando Magic and the Milwaukee Bucks. This was the upset of the first round as the Magic took down Milwaukee. Milwaukee's going to be a monster favorite again here, minus 13. Total 227. Uncle Dave, before we jump into this game, I I do want to go back to, you know, the Lakers, the Clippers last night losing and the Bucks losing. Do you agree with me? Maybe that it just, you know, maybe those teams just didn't get their motors running because they, they, they really didn't have anything to play for. I mean, if they knocked down one or two games, you know, they were locked into the one seed, locked into the two seed. And then it's like, all right, just going through the motions because in my mind right now, the team that's actually playoff ready 100% playing kind of playoff basketball is the Blazers because they were in that frame of mind from the time they stepped into the bubble. So I'm not sure how you feel about those teams, but that's kind of how I'm looking at a lot of these series is right now is saying, you know, how long have these teams been playing, you know, competitive basketball to where, you know, they actually had to go out and treat the bubble like it was the playoffs and, and how are they feeling and how are they playing now? Those three teams are glaring that they're just not simply playing well. They don't look like they're ready for playoff basketball by any means. So I don't know. Is that something that you thought about or something that you've been looking at within your handicapping right now? Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about this on a podcast not that long ago is, is these teams just can't turn it on. I mean, we see it in every sport and they read their press clippings, oh, the box clippers, Lakers, you know, they read the papers too. And, oh, yeah, they'll just – well, they don't just. And if you think about it, it's even worse than that. You know, they didn't play since March. So you got, what, April, May, June, July, August, four and a half months. They don't play competitive basketball, period. And then they got to play eight games, and they're kind of like laissez-faire about those eight games. And to just think that they're going to just, okay, this is for real now. It matters. Turn it on is, is totally naive thinking, really. And now the question is – and you know – that that 
some of them will turn it on, if you will. But I think the question is when and, and not if. And from a betting perspective, be very careful about that. Like today, for instance, with this Bucks game, let's, you know, everybody assume, well, oh God, they'll just crush Orlando now. They're pissed off. Well, they may. But I looked at that and I said, you know, I don't care how bad Orlando is or, or who isn't playing. Is you know, are, are the Magic 12 and a half points worse than very, very many teams? Probably not. Um, do I have the balls to lay minus 12 and a half? Probably not. Uh, because it's 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 a it's a it's a roll of the dice right now, you know. Who's going to help Giannis for the Bucks? You know, uh, who's going to play for Orlando? They got a relatively short bench, so for me, that's a game that's probably uh, better left alone at this point. But yeah, we've talked about it time and time again, and and here we are. I think one of the big things going against the Bucks today is the fact that you know they left the door open. They gave a team that you know really shouldn't have any life. Um, they, they let them have life. So you know that the Magic are coming into this game going, you know, maybe we could steal this one or whatever the case might be. And the M.O. of, you know, Orlando is not turning the ball over, playing solid defense, and actually playing quite slow. Now, the last game ended up at 232. This total sits at like 226. I think the Bucks are going to come out and be like, you know what, man, we're one of the best defensive teams in the league. We cannot let Orlando go out and do what they did last time. We need to play lockdown defense. We can't go ahead and fall behind by 10 points in the first quarter. And we've seen teams fall behind. We just saw it with the Clippers yesterday. They fell behind. We saw it with OKC in game one. They fell behind in that first quarter. Now, these teams are having trouble going ahead and clawing back in some of these games. So I think the Bucks come out and play really good defense in this one. Now, for the Magic, I think they're going to take it with more of a a cautioned approach, but I think they'll be confident. And I think if they go back to, you know, what they do best, as I just mentioned, playing defense, playing slow, not not beating themselves and letting a team like Milwaukee just run and gun all over them, you know, jumping out to a big lead. I think the, I think Orlando can go ahead and do what they kind of want to do in this game with some confidence. I think this game probably goes under Uncle Dave. I noticed this one opened up at 227 and money has come in here on the under. I agree with that. I think that line is a little high here now. And I think the fact that it went over in the first game that maybe we had some added value. So I'm going to go at uncle Dave. I'm going to play the under in that one line right around 227, 226, 226 and a half, depending on where you shop. So I'll go to, I'll play the under in that one. What do you think uncle Dave? I'm totally in agreement, sleepy. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably, I hate, I hate to use the word, but it's probably the safest bet in that game. Because you, you just don't know what the Bucs are going to do. Uh, you do know what the Bucs are going to do offensively. Anyway. You do know what they're going to do defensively. They're not going to let Orlando score 62 points in the first half uh, and 60 in the second half, for that matter. And you know Orlando knows that, and Orlando is not. They don't have the horses to keep up with Milwaukee. So you know I think they're going to probably take the air out of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, 12 and a half points is a bit of a stretch. I don't think I have, the, as I said, the guts to go either way, but I do think the under is probably, uh, bar none, the best play in that game. So, yes, concur. You said it was a safest bet, and, and that makes perfect sense. Is You know, if you look at both sides, over the under, the favorite or the dog, it, it just makes the most sense, I think, to go ahead. If, you, if we were forced to play something, to go ahead and play the under. I actually like the under in that one, uh, making that bet. So I more than feel that it's safe, but I certainly feel – you know, that that's probably the, the most positive EV bet, you know, that you can go ahead and make in that game. 
So good day. We'll talk a little bit about college football, maybe some NFL. But why don't we jump into MLB first? Because we do have an early game that we do want to get to. We have a 2.10 p.m. Eastern time start. We have the Detroit Tigers and the Chicago White Sox. Now, Turnbull will be on the mound here for Detroit. This guy's been a thorn in my side. Giolito will go for the White Sox. Detroit right now, they're going to catch a decent price here. Looks like Giolito is going to be around minus 160. This one opened up around minus 185, so a lot of money coming in here against the Sox. Total sitting at 8.5. I'll probably have a bias against Turnbull. That's just, I don't know. I For some reason, that guy just burns me every time. So I'm going to let you go ahead and start this one out, Uncle Dave. Tigers, White Sox, what are you thinking? Yeah, this is a tough one, and because it's a day game, and honestly, I haven't looked to see what the lineups are yet, and that is something I will almost always do in the day game. But, you know, when I first looked at that, and I looked at Giolito, you know, he comes into the season with a lot of sort of fanfare, upside, you know, betting. People love him. Uh, and then he gets pretty well hammered uh, by the Twins, which is no big surprise. They got pretty well hammered by St. Louis in his last outing. Uh, he's pitched well a couple times against Cleveland, who's just not hitting the ball. So I think that his stock is probably higher than it needs to be. I don't see myself being able to lay 160 on him, even though they won, I think, five, four straight and two of them against the Tigers. And I think they took two out of three at the Tigers. And so now I look at the total, because originally I thought, you know, I think the Tigers will be able to score. You know, I think Turnbull will give up some. So maybe I'll take the over. And I look, it's only eight and a half, which was a little bit surprising. But what's even more surprising is it's actually juiced under. It's eight and a half minus 114 at Pinnacle right now. So what that tells me, especially with two-thirds of the money sitting there on the spread, and you guys know where I'm going to go with this, or at least I know one person that knows where I'm going to go with this. If that total is going to stay down, I'm taking the Tigers run line plus one and a half. Um, that's a that's a pizza bet because I'm not totally finished with that game, but it would be Tigers run line or uh, wait for something better later. You know, I thought the line was a little fishy, Uncle Dave, when we were looking at the total. For me, it, when it, when we go back to just looking at the side here, you know, Turnbull's a guy that I, that I that I just bet against, and I don't know why, and he burns me all the time. So, do I want to mess with the Tigers? It's like, and then I start getting that feeling where. It's like, oh, well, I'll take Turnbull today. And it's like, and then they go out and he gets crushed. And it's like, you know what? I just have to stay away from that guy completely. But what I was thinking when you were talking about the total eight and a half juice to the under, it seemed a bit surprising to me. I thought maybe that total would be somewhere around nine, or at least I would like it around nine. I'll probably end up taking the under in that one. Now, the projected lineups, at least the Tigers lineup looks like it's just confirmed as of right now. You can go to Rotowire and find it. But they're going to have two righties on the mounds today. And these two teams struggle to go ahead and get lefties in the box. They just don't have a whole hell of a lot of left-handed hitters. In fact, in this game, you know, we're going to end up with 18 guys in the box. And we only have two lefties combined with both lineups. So there's something fishy going on there with that total. I thought or I kind of hoped it would be nine. And the fact that it's eight and a half, you know, trending towards the under, and look, Turnbull's been good. Giolito's been, you know, half decent. I think he'll pitch much better at home. The only way I would look in that one is probably under. I think that might be the wise guy play. So I'll avoid betting on or betting against Turnbull today. 
And I'll go ahead and I'll take a look at the under in that one. I think that's the way that I will go. And if Turnbull goes out and gets bombed, well, then at least I can go ahead and blame him that, you know, he blew up my under ticket. Let's jump over to another game here. Uncle Dave, a team that I spoke about to go ahead and open up this podcast. Team that let me down last night, the L.A. Dodgers. Dodgers will go ahead. They'll put the lefty on the mound. Kershaw, Kikuchi will be opposite of him, a lefty as well. Dodgers drawn a monster price here. Opened up at 225, now currently up to around 275 in favor of Kershaw and L.A. Total, eight and a half. I don't have much of an opinion on this one, Uncle Dave. I'll let you guide carry me through. Maybe I'll find a prop wager while you're going ahead and talking here. What do you think about the Dodgers and the Mariners? Well, I would always try to find a way to not take the Dodgers, but I just can't. You know, I look at, at what Kikuchi's done, and he was maybe not even going to start. But if you look at what he's done um, at Houston in the first game, didn't make it out of the fourth inning, gave up. I think five runs pitched. Okay. Against Oakland. Then he, then he comes out against the Rockies. Doesn't make it out of the six gives up four home runs, which I mean, four gives up four runs. What's interesting is he hasn't given up a home run yet. However, you know, any bet on Seattle is going to depend on their bullpen doing anything at all. And their bullpen is probably one of the worst in the league. I mean, I think they're, their, their whip at home games this year is like 1.7, and, and I think the ERA is over 7. So back in Kikuchi, knowing he's probably not going to be able to pitch deep, just can't happen. They did beat the Dodgers last night. Does anybody really think that's going to happen again? I don't know. I, I doubt it. You got Kershaw on the mound. I'd love to find a way to, to not back him because he's always seriously overpriced. But now he's going against a Mariners team that's never seen him. And you know the Dodgers bullpen is probably one of the best in the league, so you don't worry about Kershaw getting getting too hammered. So, in as much as I think it's a it's a SpongeBob chalk eating marble chasing play to take the Dodgers run line, I can actually justify it. Um, I don't have a, a real opinion on the total. I, you know, it seems kind of low, but I I wonder if the Mariners are going to score. I mean, that's that also again is a fairly obvious statement, but. You know, sometimes the obvious is right. So I can see the Dodgers run line uh, predicating any uh, lineup issues that we don't foresee at this point because it is seven hours to game time. So, you know, I'm going to go with it. You know, I I might be inclined to take the under only because that tends to be a pitcher's park. Uh, Do not know if roof is open or not. If roof is closed, I could see the under happening. Roof open, ball carries further. So I will, I will take the fifth and hold my tongue on that one, but I can't justify Seattle under any circumstances, Scooby. You know what I'll do there, Uncle Dave? I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll make a goofy prop play here. Why not? Six to one, Kyle Lewis to go ahead and hit a home run. As you mentioned, Kikuchi hasn't given up any home runs, but Kershaw has. Kershaw's given up four, and he gave up three to San Francisco in the last time out. He went ahead and he gave up one to the Angels. I mean, Kershaw's ERA is pretty good. I mean, it's sitting right around, what, like a 2.6? Not bad at all. But if he's, you know, going ahead and making a mistake here, making a mistake there, the guy doesn't make many mistakes throughout the game. But it seems like, you know, every now and again, you know, he gets himself in some type of a trouble, you know, giving up that big hit. It wouldn't surprise me if he did that here on the road. And if I could get a guy like Kyle Lewis who – 
you know, quite frankly, he's been been playing either really, really well. I think he has like five home runs on the season. He might even lead that team, you know, in batting average. So I figure why not? I don't have much of an opinion in that game. But if I can get a guy who's actually, you know, hitting the ball rather well going up against, you know, a guy like Kershaw who, you know, I'm probably going to get some value in that line at least a little bit, which, you know, you don't really get any value betting home run props. In fact, you probably don't get any value betting home run props. But why not? I think I'll take a shot with that one. Um, college football, Uncle Dave, what, why don't we talk about that real quick and then we'll go ahead and close up the pod. I'm not sure right now how you feel about everything, Uncle Dave. Obviously, we have, you know, the Big Ten. They don't want any part of playing. Some teams do. Pac-12, they don't want any part of playing. Some teams do again. But it looks like the SEC and the ACC and, and more than likely the Big 12. Now, the Big 12 and the SEC have released schedules. So it looks like they're going to play. At least, you know, that's what they're saying. And I would mentioned a couple podcasts ago that I thought the Sun Belt and the Conference USA – you know, would go ahead and they would play as well, too. A lot of those Southern, you know, schools that seem like, you know, they want to play football and and cool. I'm, I'm all for it. I don't want to see the season canceled. But, you know, Uncle Dave right now, I would just say percentage-wise, and I, I'm talking, you know, a handful of college football games. What percentage would you say that, that we see college football go ahead and kick off? Uh, it looks like right now September 12th is the, the opening of the, of the season. So how do you feel right now? you know, percentage-wise that we will get some college football? Well, I think we'll get some. I'm not so sure it's going to be the way it's set out to be right now. You know, the last couple of days, some of these schools have opened campuses and, and subsequently closed them when they've had, quote-unquote, clusters of positive results. So I don't know uh, who's going to do what. Um, I think schools will try to play, but there's so many arguments for playing or not playing. You know, I, I'm, I'm of the mind that, you know, if, if the team is somewhat separated and in its own little bubble, then, you know, they're probably okay. But, of course, then they're going to have to potentially travel. So, you know, then there's the other side of it that, you know, people are arguing that, well, a lot of these schools got their tuition money for the on-campus uh, learning, and, and, and that's what they're after. So, you know, I think there's a lot of political stuff that's going to surround this, you know. See, the Big Ten parents are, are supposed to march on the Big Ten headquarters this weekend to petition them to play. But I would be shocked if they caved. I mean, I, I think they were probably a little premature in, in postponing or canceling. Um, will there be football in the spring? I highly doubt it. Um, a, they won't have anybody to play. Uh, and B, you know, you're getting into the NFL draft and whatnot. And, and you know, right now, guys like, Justin Fields uh, and, and Lawrence, the ACC will play, but you know, Justin Fields or the Big Ten probably won't. You know, right now he's all, yeah, rah, 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 uh, let's play. I'm all behind it. But I think if you get into sort of the spring and he's looking at, okay, we're in you know, February, we might play six or eight games. And the draft is in April. You know, maybe I don't want to play now. Maybe, I, maybe I'm the number two pick and maybe I'm going to make a, a buttload of money Maybe I don't want to play now. Like right now it sounds good, but maybe, maybe, maybe then it might not. So, you know, I, I, I digress back to we can only go with what we know for now and, and, and base our handicapping on what is supposed to happen, uh, whether it will or not is going to remain to be seen. I mean, I, you know, a couple of days is almost an eternity anymore. So 
A lot of things can and probably will happen, but I'm just going to go with what is right now supposed to happen. And I mean, that's all you can do. You know, I'm in the thinking of maybe like 95% that they'll probably end up playing in some way, shape, or form. Now, somebody made a comment yesterday. I don't recall who it was, but he said, you know, football doesn't have to be perfect. You know, the NBA right now isn't perfect, but we're all happy and kind of dealing with that. And baseball is not perfect right now, but, you know, we're all happy and dealing with that. And, you know, it's kind of like bridging the gap. You know, NASCAR came out with no fans. UFC came out with no fans. Golf came out with no fans. And those sports were actually like, you know, they, they were like the, the the gas, you know, that that really started to, to go ahead and fuel everything. Now, look, a football starts and it doesn't work out where, you know, we've seen situations in Major League Baseball where teams had breakouts. And, of course, we're going to see that in football. And hopefully it doesn't derail and have to shut down the season. But if it turns into a much bigger situation, well, look, you know, they went ahead, they tried and it, it didn't work out. And we understand that. But, you know, I think completely shutting down, you know, football for some of these schools, like you, you just mentioned, Uncle Dave, you know, they're going to have a, a march going against the, the Big Ten because they want their kids to play football. And it's like, well, you know, th- these kids only get so much time. Uh, where are they going to end up, you know, in their career? Having they take a year off? But I think that this is going to be the death of some of the conferences and, and certainly some of the schools. Um, kids just are not going to want to go there. They're not going to want to play. And a lot of the, like I just said, there's one of the reasons why I thought the Sun Belt and the Conference USA would play is they're going to make a lot of money. They're going to end up on TV. And it's like, all right, well, who, you know, who wants to watch, you know, UAB and Rice? But guess what? Or whoever. I, I actually, I think Rice might actually, um, might not play. But I think I read that somewhere. But I'm just saying, like, those teams are going to end up with a lot of eyeballs on them. And a lot of the recruiting you know, for those schools might actually get better because they bring a lot more money in. You know, they have a lot more resources and there's a lot of eyeballs on them that, you know, maybe they can attract. So, you know, I think it's a bad thing if, if these teams just don't try to attempt playing. Um, I think, it, I think it, it is bad for them in the future. So I think you're going to see teams that actually said that they canceled or even conferences that said they don't want to go ahead and try. Um, I think I think you'll see a couple coming back and being like, you know what, screw it. Let's uh, let's just go ahead and we'll give it a we'll give it a shot. And if they do, no big deal. If they shut down, no big deal. Nobody's going to be mad. I don't think if 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 a team plays and, and they decide to go ahead and shut it down, nobody's going to be mad. Um, you know, because we've been, in a sense, I think we were, you know, we were expecting it for the NBA. We were expecting it for baseball. We were expecting it for all these sports. You know, for them to go ahead and shut back down. And fortunately, you know, for us, I mean, you know that we we you know, live and die for this shit, you know, that, that nothing's gotten shut down yet. But if it does happen, it's not like we haven't prepared ourselves, you know, for that. And I know it'll be a little different, you know, for football because they're not going to be able to go ahead and play in, in a bubble. But I mean, look at what baseball's doing. I mean, there's a clear, a clear, you know, look at here's what can happen. And here's how we decided to go ahead and try to, you know, go ahead and protect against having to shut down. So, I think I think now at least and look, this is probably a good thing for, you know, the future of sports is, you know, we've we've been through this, you know, we've gone through, you know, this extremely difficult time. And it looks like, you know, the UFC and certain sports and it looks like right now maybe the NBA are going to be able to come out on the other side. And, and I think they'll be much, much stronger, you know, because of this entire experience now. 
We don't have to talk a whole lot of NFL, Uncle Dave, but you did have a college football play that you were actually looking at, and it looks like these teams will play, and there are lines out right now. If you guys go over to pregame.com, click on the Game Center, you can find some college football lines. Uncle Dave, you had a college football pick that you wanted to go ahead and give out before we close out the pod. Do I want to give it out? No, I want people to pay me a lot of money for it because I put a lot of time into this. But seeing as how you asked, I like uh, SEC Gamecocks plus two and a half at home over Tennessee. And I think an angle I've used in baseball, fading teams that were traveling outside their usual quote-unquote bubble for the first time, uh, has has been been very profitable. And secondly, it appears the Gamecocks are going to have just north of 20,000 fans or at least that's the plan. And I looked at last year's game, and for the Vols, Jennings and Callaway had almost 300 yards receiving, while Jennings is with the 49ers, Callaway's with the Saints. So they got a new receiving core. They obviously have limited practice time. They lose their, their top sack guy to the NFL. And so what does that really mean? Well, the Vols returning production on both sides of the ball is, is less than South Carolina's. And South Carolina brings back Ryan Holinsky, who I really do like. He was a four-star recruit out of high school all the way from California, played all last season as a freshman, including his first D1 game against Alabama. Good luck. So I think he's going to grow by leaps and bounds, and I think South Carolina gets points here. Probably won't need him. So I like South Carolina plus two and a half over Tennessee, I believe. Game day is September 26th. You know, Uncle Dave, I'll, I'll, I'll make a decent-sized bet on this one that that there won't be 20,000 fans in the stands at the South Carolina game. I know they would like that to happen, but as I just mentioned, we have kind of a blueprint of what's been working and how these teams and, and how these teams and sports have been able to go and survive and, and keep playing, you know, week after week. And a lot of it, you know, is because they don't have fans at the games. And obviously if you can keep, you know, everything with the, with the virus kind of contained, um, to a certain extent, well, then you're going to have a much better chance of, uh, you know, at least your sport surviving and being able to play. I just think that, you know, and I know the SEC is kind of going against the green. They don't care. They're going to do what they want to do. But I would be shocked if if we saw 20,000 fans. And I won't I won't be surprised if we do see fans, um, you know, in the NFL games. And, and I think we'll actually eventually see some here actually quite shortly in the NBA you know, they're talking about bringing in family members for for the playoffs, and that'll be really cool. I think that'll be, uh, you know, it'll just be nice to see. I think that, you know, that like right now, like pretty much all these sports have been working without fans uh, pretty much. I mean, ba- baseball is a little iffy, but, I mean, still they're, they're doing their thing. But I don't know about 20,000 fans. It just seems like, you know, it seems like a lot. I saw the Raiders in the NFL. They, they said they're not going to have any fans, and then, I think it might have been the Falcons said that they will have a bunch of fans on hand. So we'll see how that all works out. I mean, it's going to be interesting, but um, I'm just glad we're able to go ahead and talk sports right now. And we're, we're starting to go ahead and gear up for football. And if you guys, um, you know, keep, keep close to the betting predators podcast, you guys will end up getting some fantasy football stuff. Myself and Chris Dell did a little bit of fantasy. We talked quarterbacks. We're going to have a couple pods coming out where, we discussed uh, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, and things like that. And I spoke to the hitman. What we're thinking about doing this year, because we're going to have such a limited college schedule, is we're probably going to do like our, our college football pod and NFL fantasy together. And then we'll do our normal, traditional NFL pod that we do each and every week. 
And I think that that's kind of how we're going to end up doing the, uh, doing the NFL fantasy stuff. We're going to mix it in there with the college football because college football at some point, you know, will be rather limited. So that's what we're thinking about for that. Um, our uh, retweet army um, has been quite healthy. You guys have been retweeting out the pod, looking to go ahead and add a couple of names. So be sure to go ahead, go to bettingpredators.com, check out on the retweet army page, see if your name is up there. And if it's not, well, then retweet the pod out. We'll go ahead and add that, and I'll reach out to you guys, ask you all for a pick. You guys can go ahead, and uh, I'll read your analysis and see if you guys have won. We actually done quite well. I think, I think there were like four and one or something like that on those on those picks from the retweet army guys. But that's it, guys. That's our pod for today. Run a little bit late today. Hopefully these uh, these kids are ready to break out of the room. There, Uncle Dave. I hear them in there shaking the door. They got a lot of sugar in them, so. I better go ahead and wrap this one up. I'm Sleepy J. You guys can find me at Sleepy J underscore pregame. That's Uncle Dave. You guys can get him on Twitter as well, Dave underscore S. Or you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Wish you guys all the best of luck today. Enjoy the games.